After 10 years of working in the public schools of North Carolina, it was time for change. So in July of 2013, my wife and I loaded our two young kids onto a plane bound for Accra, Ghana, and started our career as international educators. Over the years, we've met beautiful people, had amazing adventures, and redefined our sense of home. In each episode of Home Is, I'll talk to international educators and expats who share their stories and explore the idea of what it means to be home. Just a little note about the audio for this episode. You might notice some inconsistencies. That's because the original interview was done in Amman, Jordan. First round of editing was done in Montgomery, Alabama, and my mother-in-law's house. And then this last round of editing and voiceovers was done in a little cabin in Panama City, Florida, that was bought by my grandfather-in-law in the early 60s. So if it sounds a little bit different, that's because home for us is always changing in the summertime. I, my name is Rob Willett. I am a high school PE teacher currently at ACS Amman in Jordan. If somebody asks you, where do you tell them you are from? <laughs> Depends on who's asking. I'm uh, one of those broken third culture kids. So I was uh, born and raised in Taiwan and I graduated from high school there. Went to school in Seattle and my family has roots in the Northwest, Oregon, Washington. But my parents are now in Colorado and my and my wife is very similar. She also grew up overseas as well. So we're uh, it, it really depends. Like nostalgia wise, probably Taiwan. In terms of where I go, if I quote unquote go home, that's probably Colorado. I've been officially teaching for six years now. I graduated in 2007 from university, which meant, and which is only important because I was actually going to work at banking, and I had a job lined up, an internship, and then a, and I was just about to get my job at a bank and uh, at the corporate side of Washington Mutual. But 2007 is when the financial crisis hit. And so I kind of had a front row seat to, to date, the largest banking failure in American history, even greater than the uh, Great Depression. Fun facts for people who didn't get a job because of it. And then after that, kind of had to like figure out, oh boy, ended up teaching at a Chinese university for a year. I'd done some study abroad there and had some existing relationships. So I was out in like rural Western China for a year, which was awesome. And then out to Shanghai where I was doing business development and then, and then eventually transitioning to education because I married a teacher and she had these awesome summer vacations. As I talk to different guests around the world, I like to ask them to describe where they are to help establish a sense of place and setting. But Rob took it a little bit different as he decided to talk about where he is in life instead of his physical setting. This is you probably get different answers now during the pandemic than uh, than you would at other times. Um, right now, I am very much a father of two. Uh, our our daughter was born. I should know this. Eight months ago. <laughs> oh Lord. Um, yeah, our daughter was born eight months ago, uh, and then we have a three year old son, and and so we spent a lot of time at home. Um, but I think also kind of building that sense of home. I know that's that's your theme, um, but but I think the the biggest thing in terms of my identity and my experience and um, what is what is both awesome and difficult at this time is, is is this idea of of family because we're spending a whole lot of time together. Home is something that we talk about all the time. I'm ready to go home after a long day of work. I'm traveling home during the summer to see family or. Maybe you left your keys at home. But when we stop and try to define what it really means, it doesn't ever seem to be quite that simple. I meant to come up with a pithy answer. And, and, and I don't know, honestly. I think home is where you come back to. 
and, and and that is ambiguous and probably very emotionally, you know, flexible uh, in terms. Um, but yeah, I, I think whenever I feel like I'm going back to some place, that's home. And for me, rarely, like honestly, I've, I'm never really going back to the states. Like if I'm going to Taiwan, there's 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 a sense of going back. But then also, if, for anyone who's ever lived overseas, and, and especially anyone who's ever like attended international schools, one of the hard things about that is that your the home that you experienced ceases to exist after graduation because all of your classmates are gone to universities around the world. Your teachers are gone. That community is so transitional that. Um, you know, but there's 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 still an element of nostalgia. Yeah, I think it's where I think for me home is wherever whenever I feel like I'm going back to some place. Maybe it's a place that I return to. You know, if if return is not in a in a literal sense. Something with the concept of home that I I, I you you gave me the, these questions ahead of time, and so I was looking at that. I was like, man, that's a good question. I don't know, but something that's kind of really informed my my concept of home and like whether or not I'm at home or in transition because I've been moving around a long time. I think this is Jamie and I have been in the country. My wife has not left this country for two and a half years. And which is, I think the longest maybe ever that she has been in a single country without leaving national borders. But there is a, and it has to do with a house. Years ago, I met a missionary family and, you know, oh, your house looks great. I know you just moved in. How long you been here? You know, all, all those questions. And they're like, oh, we've only been here a month. I was like, wow, you've got like paint colors and pictures on the wall. And like, this looks like lived in. And they're like, yeah, we, we've moved around so much that, that we don't wait to feel at home. Wherever we are, we do our best to very proactively make it home. And, and so that's we now are at a point where we're moving around with shipments if we change countries. And so, you know, it, coming into the house and the shipments already there. So it's just full of boxes. And I think it's really when the boxes are empty ish, most of the boxes, maybe 80%, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. And, and you can kind of calm down and, and some of your things are around the wall. I think in terms of home, it's a lot of that. It's, it's when things are out of boxes and, I'm in a familiar space that I've kind of curated over the years. Rob has two young kids, and I was curious to hear if his growing family had changed his concept of home in any way. If there's any question of like, oh, now that I'm a father, I really have this sense of like wanting to like set down American roots for my kids. Like, no, but that's very different because I know other people who absolutely they were like, oh, these are my younger traveling years. And then now I have a family and I want this. Now, Jamie and I, my wife and I have very... We've talked a lot about wanting to establish a sense of home for our kids, you know, and and that would be very different than the one that that we had growing up. Honestly, probably won't be in the states. But going back to your previous question, that kind of dodged there. Yeah, I mean, the U.S. is someplace we, we love our family. We love to see our family. You know, there's there's a sense of family is home. But we go back to the states because family is there. Every we only go back to the states every other summer, and then so every two years we have a summer where we go someplace we want to go which now more and more is Thailand. <laughs> so even though having kids didn't really change Rob's idea of what it means to be home, it definitely presented the challenge of how to establish a sense of home for his kids. It is. It has been much discussed. Um, and, and, and I think I think the answer is yes. We have been here. Uh, we're very happy where we are. We've been here for geez, three years. Is that right? <laughs> we came at the same time. We've been here for three years. We're very happy here. We want to stay here for a few more. And then... There is some, perhaps, you know, you can never control. There, there are some hopes that wherever we move to next, we we would stay 
for an extended period of time and maybe not move from. Like if we can, like I had the luxury of, yes, I grew up internationally, but I was basically in Taiwan from birth until graduation. My family were missionaries and so they went back. We'd spend four years in Taiwan and one year in the States. That's not a great plan, but we did that. <laughs> Child psychology and development, who cares? <laughs> Eighth grade's a wonderful year for you to be uprooted from your friends and move to a weird place that you know you're only going to be there for a year, but two thumbs up. Yeah, I mean, and so and, and so even as much like be, I, I moved around a bunch, I very much benefited. Like Taiwan for a long time definitely was home, you know, and, and I think for will always be home in a way that is probably unique to Taiwan because that's where I, I spent the majority of my formative years. Rob has an American passport, but he wasn't born or raised there. So it led to an interesting conversation as we talked about what it means for a third culture kid to move abroad. I grew up in Taiwan. So when I was living when I was when I was living in the country where I was born and raised, was I was I living abroad? I mean, technically obviously, yes. You know, when I moved to China, which eventually it was 8 years I think, or you know, 8 years I, I had the luxury of, of I had the luxury of language. I had the luxury of familiarity with culture and and a respect for and there's a bit of that culture that was also in me, you know. So in a sense, I could also say that like the first time I really moved, like lived abroad in the sense that probably most people would mean that uh, was five six years ago when we when we moved to Dubai because that was the first time we'd been someplace that we'd never like had no context for. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. Food can bring people together, and a shared meal can be a strong bonding experience. This is probably a horrible thing because I'm like a PE teacher. And I'm supposed to be about health and everything. Uh, there's there's definitely something about international foods that always makes me like you know when I'm ever in a, when I'm in a new country I'm always excited to eat something, and and frequently I regret that. But but before that moment. <laughs> of reflection and be like maybe the truck wasn't the great place to get food yeah i think a lot of my my memories of certain places are frequently tied to food yeah and, and i think they're you know like i if i were to talk about jordan you know what was one of my tr most treasured more memories was from the first year we were here one of my wife's colleagues is i believe she's ethnically jordanian but she was raised in in canada but her her husband definitely is jordanian but he also was was internationally educated and they and they'd been in jordan for a long time and his his family was here but anyways they they had us over to their house for it was first couple weeks that we were here for for this big mansaf meal and and what mansaf is is it comes out like a giant i don't know what would be uh, a platter like two two feet across three feet across you know, just, just this monster platter with a with a mountain of of rice and stewed lamb in it, and you get uh, a yogurt, kind of a, a yogurt sauce, like a hot yogurt sauce, which sounds disgusting, but it's quite good. Um, called Jamid, and this guy was teaching us how to do this, and so everyone stands around this this platter, so everyone kind of has like a pizza slice in front of them, and uh, and so he says, and then he's teaching us how you get like a little bit of rice, a little bit of meat, uh, you, or before that actually, you pour over however much sauce you like. Some people like it really saucy, some people like it really dry. You know, kind of figure out what you like, and then you you can toss it in your hand to, and you use your hands and not not utensils, and so you know, kind of, and you can create these little balls, and it was just a really fun game for me to try to like create the perfect like you know. He was very good at it. I was trash. But but to be in a situation that for, which I had no context for, you know, like no prior experience, it, 
that I had no framework for this. And then, you know, to, to be learning something completely new and completely foreign from someone who is incredibly friendly, incredibly welcome, welcoming, it was, it, it was just a really cool experience. And if I were ever to say like, what is, I mean, uh, to date, there's been many wonderful things. Oh, I just had a, my kid here. So I can't say it's the best thing that ever happened to me in Jordan. But, but one of my most treasured mo- memories of Jordan will be this, this sense of community uh, around food. Each move and new location brings about its own challenges for connecting and finding those special places. As a family, so much of our experience in Jordan has been like, oh, we're in Jordan and we haven't, we came to Jordan with an eight month old and like, oh great, he's, he can go and do things. And then there's like, oh, my wife is super pregnant. Never mind. And, and then, and then the pandemic. And, and so this has been a very weird transition in that we, so much of our experience here has been in our own house, but we, we did just, um, uh, my, my family, my parents got vaccinated and, and just came out or were able to come out a couple of weeks ago. And then we got a house up in salt, uh, which is North of Amman, still in Jordan. And, uh, but it, it's kind of like beautiful vineyards and farms. And that was really special because my son has basically been in some form of lockdown from, you know, Two and a half to three and a half, and uh, and, and so we were finally someplace that had like had space and he could go and look at bugs and and we woke up and we looked down over the valley and we watched the sunset. It was that was really special as a family because it, it gave us kind of just a new location. So that's not a we we might or might not go back, but but in, in terms of a place that really made me appreciate family and especially within the last year, that is, that has been a great experience. It's just to, even in the same country, go to a place that is beautiful and gorgeous and just reminds me why I love the country I live in and to see a different side of it. You know, normally if my kids were older, I'd be going on hikes and things like that. But right now it's hard to fit in between naps. (laughs) In in terms of like really feeling settled, because Dubai was a, was a prolonged period of, probably transition if if i were to be honest in terms of home it never really quite felt like home it was it was a place that we very quickly a great country i mean dubai is not a country but an emirate but the uae was a great country um a wonderful place to live in for someone else and we kind of felt like the analogy we always used i've told you this but the analogy we used was uh we feel like people who live on a golf course but who don't play golf and and so it's a great place for people who enjoy other things than we do usually for me it was it was places that were from a previous era, right? Like in, in Shanghai, you have all these little windy streets and there was, there was an area that was, um, that a lot of these old streets had been renovated into kind of hipsterish bars and, you know, restaurants and cafes. And that was kind of a, a place that we would go frequently is because we, you could walk around and you could just feel very much like you were in China. And, and literally you would be on this street, there'd be all these upscale bistro bars or whatever, literally right up next to uh, old traditional housing and some people who have been there for, you know, their family's been there for like a hundred years. Maybe not a hundred years because Shanghai is not that old of a city, but a long time generation. But, and and I think that's also, that's also, I mean, you've probably seen this as well. That's one of the sad things about living the places that we live is at least for me, there's frequently a sense of sadness of, Oh, how wonderful it is that the things are in place to bring me here. Um, but also the knowledge that, that frequently that comes at the expense of what, what was there before. We've all dealt with the frustrations of bureaucracy, but when you add in the confusion of trying to deal with it in a language that you don't understand, it can really be humbling. 
So my, my daughter was born in September, and ACS has a lot of families. Uh, our school has a lot of families, uh, and and the process of getting the birth certificate and all the documentation is 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 quite convoluted. And the thing that we had always heard was we'd heard horror stories about it. And so uh, fortuitously, we were able to to benefit from everyone else's experience uh, and to know that, oh, whatever that, I don't want to do that. And so we found uh, a local to be like, what do you guys do? And he was like, oh, we, I have my driver do it. I'm like, oh, okay. So, so you know, there's this process that, that literally had taken for, for several of my colleagues in previous years, several consecutive days of waiting in line and, and getting lost. And, um, and we were able to, to kind of cheat our way out of that and, and have somebody else help us. But, but there was one day where, where I had to go with him, um, you know, just to be the, be, I'm, I, I attest. And that day, literally it was, he, he picked me up in my house. We drove downtown to the, the ministry of whatever, uh, you know, there, there's a guy sitting at a table in the middle of the street, kind of like off to the side of the intersection. And, and I'm just kind of following around. Like I everything's happening in Arabic. I don't know. I don't speak hardly any Arabic. Um, I really don't speak any Arabic. Uh, and you know, and so this, and so he like pays, it's not, it wasn't, even, I was like, maybe it's parking, but then he got like a piece of paper. And so like, so we paid some dude at a desk in the middle of the road and then we walked to this building and then there's a long line of people, but I was just following along and we just like scooched around the line and they were all waiting in line for the front door. And he like went in the kind of the, the exterior wall, but not yet in the building. And we kind of curled around to some like back door that went up some stairs and uh, you know, and then I was sitting there and, um, and so he was going up to the counter and, and doing all the talking and occasionally I get waved over and like sign something. And then I'd go back to waiting and there'd be talking and, you know, even him who had done all the prep work uh, you know, there's like, Oh wait, what? You know, like I don't know what's going on, but but it didn't seem like it was a like smooth check, check, check. Probably, there was still discussion, and you know, and then he f- calls me over, and then we like, and I was like, oh, we go out, outside. He's like, no, no, no. We, he takes me in this interior stairwell down to the front, so we skip the line outside, and you know, and and, and that just goes on, and and so all told, it took me in a, about an hour, but an hour of being so deeply lost you know having no idea what was going on um and 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 also so incredibly grateful to this gentleman and and to the friends who who hooked us up with him you know because because otherwise i i would have been spending three days going through lines and finding out at the end of the line that it was the wrong line and and especially for me because i've lived internationally my whole life but but I kind of had the cheat code, right? And in Taiwan and China, they both speak Chinese, and and so I was I was always the guy that you called, right? Who was like, oh, so I was the one who you'd bring along to like facilitate these things, and it was and it, and it's been a, it's been a jarring and humbling experience to to not even have that safety net. Um, and, and that time was kind of the first time where we re- and mostly we just kind of avoid it as much as we can, and we've had small kids and so we stay, but but to be out in these ministry offices and, and, and knowing that if, if he turned and left me, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, you, t- you figure it out cause you always do. Um, but so grateful that I didn't have to, but yeah, that, that, that was kind of my like feel fish out of water moment. We have an ongoing conversation about what normal is in our house because I didn't leave the United States until I was in my twenties, but my kids' passports are already full of stamps. And I enjoyed our conversation as Rob talked about what it meant to be a third culture kid and how that applies to his family. I, I think, 
in in a sense, I think, and this is so different because there's uh, Growing up internationally, we talk a lot about being a third culture kid. There's lots of literature around it. Um, the, 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 there's lots of great, great stuff to it, right? When I was in college, that was like the bread and butter of all of my things. Like, well, there's this topic, but when viewed through the lens of a third culture kid, all of a sudden it's like, hmm, great insight. There, there's a lot to that, but, but, it, but it manifests very differently in different people, right? And, 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 and it weighs differently. I, I won't say more heavily, but it weighs differently on different people. And for me, I've always found it very empowering personally. You know, if your kids were to go international after, you know, when they go into the, into their career, I, they might have a little bit easier than perhaps you and your wife because those ties are not cut, but 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 it is the normal, right? Um, I think when with my parents, they were always worried about like, oh, what are my kids missing out on because they don't have the relationship with grandparents and cousins that I had, you know. And there's always that sense of nostalgia of wanting your kids to have similar or parallel experiences to your childhood and upbringing. And for us, at least, and and again, Jamie and I are very much, uh, we had similar backgrounds. We want them to have relationships with, with, with grandparents. We're so grateful for technologies like Skype. You know, the ability to to, to call up grandparents and, and cousins whenever we want to. And for people to, to be able to travel out and see us and stay where, you know, at a beautiful houses in Salt. And that, that is amazing and wonderful. And I know some people do feel... I, I have friends who feel like they they missed out, you know, and they always wish that they were home. And that was never me. I've I've always really valued the experience. I love I I love my upbringing as a you know growing up in Taiwan. I, I loved you know having that appreciation for Taiwanese culture and the language. And and I'm so happy for my kids to have that. I love this idea that Rob brings up of building a family around the world. And it was something I could totally relate to as my own kids have honorary grandparents and aunts and uncles around the world. I think maybe I would say I, I have a a greater appreciation for the family that you build along the way. Um, if that's the, you know, that's the bumper sticker version of it. I love that my kids will have aunts and uncles all around the world, you know, and you don't, you've been at the parenting thing longer than I have. And, but I, at least in terms of friends, we don't keep in contact with everyone, like all of our friends from any one place. You know, you, you tend to, you know, they're, they're the friends you keep in contact with. Uh, they're, they're the friends who maybe you don't keep in contact with, but whenever you're in the same country, you look them up. Um, but there's also the ones who you do. And so, uh, the, the godmother of our son is uh, she was a teacher with us in Shanghai and now she's teaching at a school in Korea and you know he gets gifts from her and we we call her every once in a while and it's a great excuse cuz cuz she's she's amazing and and that'll be a relationship hopefully that, that that he'll have for for a long time my hope i guess is that our kids will have family all around the world and i know for myself when I was kind of in later college and doing more travel out to Asia and then because I, I did a, some back and forth and stuff like that, I did. I had my, my godmother was a Taiwanese lady who lived in Guangzhou, who like now lives in Guangzhou, which is in southern China. And so anytime I went through that border city, which borders Hong Kong, you know, I'd stay at her place. I could my company would have paid for a hotel, but she was like, she would not hear of it. Like, you will stay with me and I will feed you. And it was wonderful. I don't miss I don't miss the things that I never had. But I really value the things, the opportunities, the unique opportunities to growing up overseas that I that I do have. I'm excited that my kids will, will get that, hopefully, I guess. Rob and I talked for well over an hour about this concept of home. And while we might not have been on topic that whole time, we spent a lot of time really digging into these ideas. 
And even at the end of our time, he was still contemplating what it really meant to him. It was interesting reflecting over the questions that you asked, you know, so much of them about home and, and I'd never, yes, TCK, we think about home identity and blah, blah, blah. Um, but, but maybe not recently. And, um, and, and I think, you know, like looking at them, you're, you asked a lot of great questions about home and I, I have a hard time answering them. You know, like what makes this place feel like home? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't even, I don't even ask. And, and I think, and not in a sad way like, at, at all, but I feel like Jamie and I are very much in the process of, of finding home. That is not a statement of lack or of, of ennui. When countries and houses and jobs and bosses and colleagues are all transitional, right? You're, you're, you're constantly finding that thing where like, oh, this is good for you. This is good. This is good for me. Oh, you know, maybe we need to go over here. Maybe this, whatever it is. And I think that there's like, I think for myself, I think I'm very much in the process and happily so of, of finding, finding what home is for us. And, um, I think that is, because I was going, I was like, "Oh, I can't. I don't have good answers to these. Like, am I broken?" And the answer is yes. I always, I yeah. I mean, absolutely. But, but not any more so than I would be otherwise. You know, and yeah. And I think that that's like it's definitely like Jamie and I will be talking about this tonight. But I think for myself, I was like, if I were to be honest, like Jamie and I, I think we are still seeking home, and and and, and we we have had homes along the way, but. In terms of what is what is our home, I don't know. Each episode of this podcast is recorded, produced, and edited by me, Ryan Harwood, in the comfort of my home.